This show is brought to you by listeners and viewers like you. EvanX.com Tesla Accessories, our TeslaOwnersOnline.com community, and our Patreon supporters at Patreon.com slash TeslaOwnersOnline. Hey guys, how are you doing tonight? We're uh, we're going to do a recap battery day because uh, obviously it's the talk of the town. Apologize if I'm looking a little under the weather. I'm not, and I'm just exhausted from all the uh, renovations I'm doing at home. But you know what? From all the tweeting and the excitement for yesterday, uh, I think I'll probably get my second win tonight. So I want to say hi to our friend Raj, who, uh, lucky bastard, he got himself a golden ticket. <laughs> yes, he did. I got a golden ticket. Yes, exactly. So he attended Battery Day and the uh, and the shareholders meeting. So we're going to let Raj kind of take point on this and just talk about his experience and how things were done. And then we're going to get into a little bit of the details a little bit later on what Tesla actually announced. We'll talk about the battery technology, some of the new cars coming and stuff. So um, Raj, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, from actually getting there. I mean, we know you got the golden ticket type of thing. Uh, what was the process of, of standing in line and, and, you know, going through the process? Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, from the from the get go, they they advised us that hey, parking is going to be a little, little nasty because it was an actual uh, building that they they own, right? So it was in more of a corporate parking lot uh, per se. So back road off of the back of Cato Road, which is where their service center is, uh, it was right behind there. And um, I got there a little bit early, so I was able to park in a one of their building parking lots just kind of down the street a little bit short walk um, and just walked over we waited in line I got there about 10 10 10 30 ish um, and while we were waiting in line it was hot but they were marked on the ground with like stand here and they were patrolling like six feet apart six feet apart they were very very strict which I give them a lot of respect and credit for because during this time like that whole this whole you know social distancing and, and safety and everything like that is really important and there are obviously people on different sides of the fence some are a little bit more relaxed and some that are a little bit more following the rules and so this just ensured that everyone felt comfortable and at the same time they were also trying not to get in trouble with the city they did let us know that like hey the city is super strict if they come down here and they don't see this they're gonna shut it down shut and um and part of them like getting this to happen was the agreements on you know what they could and couldn't do so you know everyone keeping this is even as we kind of started to congregate together to like start chit-chatting they separated us apart handing out water handing out sunscreen so that we don't burn oh, nice kind of interesting and nice um and then just like a little bit um uh, a little bit around, I think it was like around 12, 12-ish, uh, they let us uh, in into, uh, <clears throat> basically there was a there was a sign they let you into, it, kind of think of it as the Cybertruck day, right? And so when Cybertruck launch came in, you came into another area where you had all these boots that you check in on each booth, right? That's where they give you your, your lanyard. Oh, uh, yes, um, another one for your collection. So, oh, cool. <laughs> Do, do you still have your Cybertruck one? Because I don't have mine. I yeah, I have. It's it over there. It's hanging behind me. Okay. So Mine's at the other The lanyard's right <laughs> there. It's there. Um, and so so you got your, you checked in. They did a temperature scan on your forehead. Um, they got you all set up, uh, checked your, uh, you scanned your, your barcode that they sent you. And then they, they gave you this this lanyard. From there, you go in through a security check. Obviously, Elon's going to be there. Don't 
bring any you know dangerous stuff mm-hmm. um and then you go in and as we're walking through essentially think of it like a as a courtyard an outdoor courtyard walking through almost like a an office campus and so you're walking back there and there was another station that was set up that just had water hand sanitizer station but there was a document sitting there and uh eli actually noticed that something was written about food that you can't have food in your car and we all looked at each other like what, car what does that mean yeah. yeah yeah and actually before even that um our friend ryan ryan mccaffrey on his lanyard he got indicated a car and so we're like oh well you know i mean it's ryan so he's gonna get you know to be in the car or whatever so we already kind of had an idea that there's going to be an opportunity to sit in a car <laughs> what that meant we had no idea and as you came into this back lot it literally looked like a movie theater. I mean, you saw the videos online. Drive-in. Just drive-in movie theater. Just cars till the eye could see. Majority model-wise, along the outskirts were, a cu- were some Model 3s. Um, but on your way there, right before you turn that corner, there was a booth. And you have to show them your thing. And then that's your when number. they gave you a number. And that was your car number. So I had a black Model Y. And, and so you come around this corner... And the first thing you see is, of course, the sexy lineup, right? And so oh, you've yeah. Got, uh, you got the semi that was just like right there, and it was parked in this like angled with looked like it, it looked like it had a a trailer on it, but it didn't. Uh, and then right next to that was the uh, was the roadster, just looking actually amazing because this was the first time I saw it in straight sunlight. So you could tell that that red is so good that it actually had gleams of like orange in it. it yeah, was that just red like, is pretty special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to even capture it, like how good well, the, it looks. The problem and is then, with the Roadster is that unless you've been to the shareholder meetings, we've only ever seen it in the dark. Yeah, yes, and exactly. unless you see it in and the here, bright it was sun, sun beaming on it. Yeah, and that's the thing because it was, it's a different it really red cool. than the multi coat red. Like multi coat red in California yes. looks really good in the sun. Um, if it's slightly overcast or you live <laughs> where we are, eh, it's not quite as nice. But th- yeah, this roads yeah. are red here. Um, I'm going to – you keep talking here. I'm just going to pull up this image here. Yeah. Um, one that you took actually. So I'll just do this little oh, overlay. Side profile. Oh, Jeez. that's just deadly. Which, yeah. By those, the way, those how of you great watching- would it be if there was like a Knight Rider reboot and they have the Tesla Semi and the Roadster is the Michael Knight oh. vehicle <laughs> coming out of the, of the Semi? Done. Yeah. yeah, I'm done. done. That would be. I'm amazing. just saying, yeah. ratings juggernaut. Can we agree? Yeah. If okay. you want to oh, see yeah. the pictures, we have to remind people that are listening on the podcast. Maybe audio format. Go check out our YouTube channel. Go and subscribe. You watch the latest episode. You'll see these uh, pictures. We're going to be showing a lot more pictures and stuff. So maybe you want to check that out a little bit later. Yeah. Anyways, sorry for the interruption. Um, Carry on. No, and then uh, and then of course this was cool. Was this was the second time we got to see the ATV. So the ATV was on this like stand, positioned really aggressively, kind of downwards facing. Uh, still hard to see everything because uh, different from last shareholders meeting, you could actually walk around the vehicles at the last shareholders meeting. It was still roped off, but that's where I was able to see the Roadster, like how it was written Tesla on the back and it wasn't extruded. It was like flat. The Tesla logos on the Roadster are printed on. They're flat. They're smooth to the body. I see. Um, <clears throat> and so here you couldn't go behind. So you couldn't really get too many views of the yeah. ATV, just kind of that front shot. And then right next to the ATV, the big brother, the the Cybertruck uh, was there. And then and then there was the main stage. And then to the left of the stage was the uh, current lineup, was the sexy lineup. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Uh, so really cool. Two two monitors on uh, flanking the left and right of the mm-hmm. stage. Um, you could you saw where my car was. Like if you're looking from the stage, I was like to the back right. Um, but it was cool. Either you got good view of one of the monitors, or you got view of the stage. Or when you're in your car, you're watching the screen. And so that was really cool. You you know you, every car was labeled. So you find your car, you get in, and we're all chit chatting from our cars. Um, and it was cool. The car seemed. I think from what I heard is that these were delivery cars that were eventually going to go to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, they all looked perfectly fine on the inside. Um, this is a shot. They, dude, uh, dude you should have signed the glove compartment on yours. The Raj edition, man. Could have been worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I just put up a shot um, for those of you watching uh, on YouTube here, a shot of uh, uh, Raj's car sitting in the car. So they had the uh, presentation running on the screen at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that made it really cool because then you could, you know, dial up the volume up and down as you wanted. And just I was reclined back, just enjoying the show like I was at home. It, it was cool. But I mean, you have to think about how much work went in putting this together. I mean, I think I heard someone say there had to have been at least 300 cars. Now, to think about disinfecting the cars because I did talk to Tesla staff and they were like every car got a full thorough wipe down twice on every vehicle. And then charging every vehicle because everyone had the AC blasting. Mm. It was super hot. So you have to think, I think when I was there, I used up about at least 10 to 15% battery. Um, And so every car had to have at least 50 to 60%. God forbid anyone ran out of juice (laughs) while they were waiting. It would have been horrible. So, um, yeah, they did did a great job. And then there were like porta-potties really nice ones uh to the to the left and to the back so you could you know get out and do that and you know there was a break during intermission and um speaking of which it was great (laughs) (laughs) Uh, here we go speaking of which um i have a clip here Uh, for those of you who are going to be watching on youtube uh may not have seen this clip so i knew raj was there uh i was watching his twitter feed and uh, during the intermission break between the shareholders part and the actual battery day, uh, Tesla kept the live feed running on TV. So I had, uh, I don't know, just popped in my head. I'll, I'll FaceTime Raj and I'll talk to him, just see how things are going. So I called you on the phone and you were hanging out yep. over where the Cybertruck was. And, I, and you were hanging out with John there from Silicon Valley Owners Club. Yeah. And I said, Raj, come over to the middle where the white and the and the red <laughs> Teslas were in the front because there's a camera up on the gantry so we can see you on the live feed. And, and I, I just wanted you to come up and wave. Well, I'm going to play a clip here. Not only did Raj wave, but this is going to go down in infamy. Watch this clip. Yes, yes it will. <laughs> so those of you watching on YouTube, I'm just going to run it down here a little bit. So there's Raj. And he's talking to John, and I was talking to him on the phone. I said, no, turn around, because you didn't know where the camera was. And uh, Raj is holding the phone. That's me. Uh, so there's John. He's pointing at the camera, and he's going up there. And I said to, to Raj, I said, wave for us. So here's Raj, and he decided not only to wave, but there's Raj <laughs> flossing for the whole world to see. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, Raj that's epic, was. that one. Uh, so anyways... I made, so I, I made a little it, bit of background. I made I made a GIF of it, and it's uh, it's on Tenor, <laughs> so you can use it on Twitter now. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> a little bit of background was those of us who were there had no idea what you guys at home were seeing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess that was for the better, so we didn't do 
not everyone was flossing. Um, <laughs> but when you when you called, I was just excited to be like, yeah, look, I'm looking at the Cybertruck. And you're like, well, come to the camera. Well, the only cameras that I could see are the ones that were right in front of the stage covering, obviously, Elon and, and, and crew. Mm-hmm. And then there was one on the stage facing back towards the audience. I had no idea that they had a shot of the all the cars. Yes. And so when you pointed it out, I'm looking everywhere. And all it was was a tiny GoPro at the top of the stage facing. And so they would just cut to that for during the live stream to show that earlier on when it first when we first got there, there was a drone flying around. So I thought, oh, they'll get it from the drone. Those cool shots of all the cars lined up. But I had no idea that that was there. (laughs) Well, buddy, uh, until Trevor slow clap (laughs) barrage for (laughs) going down in infamy for flossing in front of the whole world. At least at least we now know came to mind. At least we know when he goes to his dentist and the dentist says, have you been flossing? The answer is yes. Yes. I have the clip to prove it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So anyways, we appreciate it, Raj. You, uh, yeah, you made, um, yeah. And luckily that was a very small window because literally as soon as that that. got done, we all got yelled at to get back to our cars. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. So let's. They they had. Go ahead. No, that was just going to say they had very strict rules on like that. You technically the city didn't want more than five people out of their car at a time walking around. So as soon as they said wow. break, wow. and everyone kind of was like, yeah. people looked at each other, and then they came out, and then I could see that one lady walking around going, "I, I got to get on the microphone, let everyone know, get back in." So mm. they did a great job with uh, in relation okay. to that. I'm glad it was a very unique way of doing it, and um, yeah, kudos to Tesla for doing something um, awesome that ways. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Um, my understanding, of course, is uh, just during the pre-show, um, I was kind of hoping, I mean, it would have been nice to go, but in some ways I'm like, oh, we didn't get to tour the facility. That's kind of where the cake is, right? Uh, apparently mm, they only yeah. did that for the really big wig investors. So unfortunately, other than maybe Galileo who snuck in. <laughs> good, more power good to Gal- him, man. Yeah, more power to him <laughs> for doing that. Anyway, um, so I thought we'd take a little time and um, and talk about battery day in general and what tesla um had announced now of course there's been speculation going on for months as to what was going on and you know the internet's pretty smart kind of figured out a lot of things some things um you had to do a lot of digging and patents to kind of put two and two together um but by and large i mean i did a prediction i mean everybody who has a youtube channel is doing you know battery day predictions and stuff and i i don't know i didn't feel like doing one because i had my own ideas and i wasn't really keen on sharing but i did put out a tweet where i kind of laid out kind of my thoughts very quickly and um i'm, I'm glad to see it was it was pretty close in a, lo- in a lot of ways so let's talk about this uh the big change i mean it's really three parts right it's a new cell New types of chemistry, well, four parts, new types of chemistry, new manufacturing process, and vehicle integration, which is a very different thing. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So I'm going to put up some slides here. I I went to uh, Tesla's uh, presentation and I actually pulled out some important slides. So the big goal here, of course, is to get the cost of the cells down. And one way that Tesla has decided to do this is to go to a larger cell. Now, just a little bit of history for those of you who may not be aware. When Tesla first started out, they used commodity 1865, 18650. Some people call them that. Anyways, 1865, 18 millimeter, 65 millimeter tall. Uh, basically laptop cells. Uh, that was used for the Roadster and, of course, the S and the X. When they designed the Model 3, they, they looked at the whole stack and decided what's the optimum battery size at the time for current technology. 
uh, was a 2170 cell. So that's what the Model 3s have and the Model Y, of course. Um, but now Tesla's really up in the game, and they decided that the next optimum fi form factor is this new cell that they are calling a 4680. So it's 46 millimeters wide and 80 millimeters tall. And the net result is because it's a volume increase, uh, five times larger. So it has five times the, uh, the energy density uh, in, in, at, a, at a volume level. Um, um, it results in about 16%, a little bit more than 16% range increase, and six times the power. And the power thing is really important because it has to do with how the cell inside is constructed. Now, I don't know how much you guys know about cells or how people on the internet know about how cells are constructed, but basically uh, Tesla uses a, a cylindrical cell. So it's essentially a jelly roll. It's several layers of thin film that's rolled on a mandrel and then shoved into the cell. Now, up until recently, these cells have a single tab on it, which is the part that connects to the positive part of the battery, and that's where all the energy comes from. So if you stretch out this jelly roll, it's about two meters long, call it, all of the energy has to go to the middle and then up through this tab. The problem is, is that um, you can't charge the cell quite as fast and you can't discharge the cell quite as fast, and it limits how big you can make the cell because everything's going in there. So Tesla decided through the presentation um, that they looked at the whole cell structure and they said, there's got to be a better way of doing this, this cell structure. And what they came out with is what they call a tabless system. So essentially the whole strip that's actually folded in there has a copper line running the whole length of the roll. And when they roll it up, and if you look at the uh, picture, they showed a picture right here. I'm going to bring it up for you guys who are watching on YouTube. You can see that the copper, and this is a shot of the cell from the top. And what they've done is that they've they've kind of cut the top. Let's call it a quarter inch. I don't know how big it is, but the the quarter inch part of the of the copper has been sliced in such a way that it can be folded in after they're rolled in. So you get this solid copper um, connector on the top, and that's where the positive electrode uh, goes. Now. The reason this is super important is because now the electrons only have one direction to go. They don't have to go all the way across and up through the tab. They can go straight up. So the net result of this is that they can charge faster, they can discharge faster, and less heat, which is critical because when you make a cell big, you have difficulties cooling it. So now that it, there's not as much resistance now because of all these electrons floating around, um, they can cool it better. One of the things that Tesla didn't talk about is their new cooling system. There's a patent. I'll put a link in the video and show description if you guys want to check it out. But what they're doing now, well, what they've done previously in the cells is that they would organize the cells into modules and they would run this, um, this I call it a lasagna noodle, but it's, it's a channeled piece of aluminum that, that has contact between all the cells and it snakes between the cells and they run glycol through it. Uh, it's a coolant loop, really. Uh, what they've decided to do for this new larger cell is because the way that the batteries are actually connected now, they're all put on one plane. So some of the modules are upside down, so they're connected positive down. Other ones have positive up. And what they're going to be doing is, is actually taking these modules and actually submerging them in a coolant bath. And that's how they're going to cool them. So anyways, it's, a, it's an interesting patent. Um, so we're going to see that in the future. It's important to note that... Uh, what they talked about is that this is a pilot production plant that they've built. They haven't scaled it yet. Um, and what was the timeline? End of 2021, the end of next year, is when they plan on starting the ramp. Now, if you look at the product line, 
How does it coincide, right? So they talked about Cybertruck, the Semi, and the Roadster. Mm-hmm. Those are the first three cars that are going to be getting this. Uh, there is two other cars. We'll talk about that here in a second. But basically, the, it, it's predicated on these three cars. And I think energy-wise, um, for the discharge uh, on these batteries, that's super important for the Roadster, obviously, because you know you need the power there. And the semi-truck. The Cybertruck may be... T- did I say semi? I, I said semi. I meant semi. <laughs> uh, the Cybertruck may be a little less of an extent. I mean, for the tri-motor, that's that's probably good for the performance and stuff. But, uh, but anyways, it really bodes well. Fine Lab has aligned protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. Now, as far as timing is concerned, um, they did say end of 2021. Again, they did announce, I mean, let's talk about it. Uh, they did announce the Plaid Model S, taking reservations yes. for that. Yes. Speaking of which, mm. speaking of They which, lost me after that. Everything they talked at that point, I was like absorbing it all. I, then they just they I showed saw, the Plaid Model S numbers and I was they gone. saved it to the end. Yeah. You're, you were yeah. drooling like Homer Simpson over a donut. Oh, like in triplicate, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find. So, Ian, the, you're uh, getting one? Oh, God, man. I'm taking a second mortgage. Don't tell Miss Mad. The, the, hey, the Plaid Model S in Canadian dollars base price is $190,000. Yeah. I know, but the performance is absolutely eye-watering. When, speaking of, when I, when I listen, heard the listen. base price in U.S. yesterday, my initial thought was that buys a house in certain markets in this country. Yes, yes. exactly. Let's, yes, let's, let's listen to the Plaid Model S, shall we? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Do it. Radio. Dude, it sounds like the Batmobile. It's so awesome. Yeah. By the way, can we can we admit? I know Tesla put out a video of the, of the run. Um, can we agree that the driver was kind of erratic? No pro uh, driver yeah, like that one turn. Yeah. yeah, on some of those turns, you, all you hear is that. Well, that's that's common. They hit the rumble strips. That's common for racing. No, I know, but I mean, I just I just figured, you know. Could have, could have added a sound section. just like this. You know that, right? The Roadster's <laughs> going to sound like this, right? You know this. <laughs> yeah. It, it almost sounds like straight gears, Well, I'm just... Know? I mean, that, that that goes to the next topic is like, what if this is what the Plaid Model S is going to do, what the hell is the Roadster going to do? I mean, it's just going to... Send be you like into space. Putting, That's what the Roadster's yeah, going to do. You're just going right. to be able to launch into it's, space. It's not just going to send you into space. It's going to warp the space-time continuum. Right. Yeah. And then there's the SpaceX... Time machine. machine. Yes. I'm actually starting to think maybe I should, I might, I might save up and maybe order that package. It would be we'll possible <laughs> that when the Roadster has its different packages you could buy, one of them is the Schwartz package. It would not surprise <laughs> me if there's a Schwartz package. <laughs> uh, that would be epic. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so uh, this Plaid car is going to be going in production 
at the end of 2021. So obviously it's going to be getting these new cells as part of the deal. Um, they've only announced the specs. Uh, a lot of people have been mm -hmm. speculating. It's like, oh, when are they going to do changes? It looks the same. Looks ah, There's a lot of wiggle room in a year, guys. Let's give it some time. I would mm -hmm. fully expect that the mm -hmm. Plaid Model S is going to get a significant change, at least on the interior, some ch changes on the exterior yes. based on what we've seen at the Nürburgring track. So, yeah, if, if you think it's going to look uh, the same, I would say just wait a little bit. Did you see, if you watch that video again, steering wheel. Um, when he's driving on the inside, the steering wheel, it's a Model 3 steering wheel. No, yeah. that's, so, that's fine. I know, not them. crazy, but... But I also, I, you know, build, building a car designed for track runs a little bit different than saying that's going to be the production run, you know, in a year's plus time, give or take. So, you know, it, it could be that that's what they had and decided to switch it to make the steering wheel a little bit smaller. So who knows? But uh, but that certainly would be an interesting change for folks who are used to the larger, more rigid steering column. Uh, I'm the CNS. fully yeah. expecting to see significant changes in the Model S, especially with that yeah. trim level. So uh, anyways, that's just Elon. They don't want to Osborne themselves. It's not in production, but it's fine to yeah. announce specs, take deposits, and then when the time comes, oh, by the way, here it is. Uh, it's interesting that it seems to be delayed. They were supposed to release it by the end of this year, but it looks like it's delayed again. And I think it's largely because, well, they've decided to put these new batteries in the car, which makes total sense, yeah. right? Well, I also think in large part, and let's give credit where credit's due, is that the pandemic certainly changed every calendar spectrum. I mean, yeah. even like the Black Widow movie has been delayed until more than a year after the original release date, right? Like everything's been pushed back for different reasons. It'd be understandable um, if in large part, maybe, yes, they wanted to wait till this new technology uh, is closer to production and then be able to put that into uh, the newer Model S's. But it also, I think, and like I said, let's just admit it, the elephant in the room is that the pandemic has certainly changed timelines for a number of companies. Tesla would not be excluded from that, by yeah, all means. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's get back to the cell for a little bit because there's quite a bit of stuff going on here. I'm not going to get like really deep in this thing, but one of the things that really caught my attention was uh, this slide here. They were talking about volume expansion now. They made a big deal about the fact that silicon, um, in the anode material is um, can hold up to nine times more energy than carbon does. But the problem is, is that it has an Achilles heel in that when you charge it, it fractures, it breaks and it doesn't uh, come back. Now, uh, when I was at a um, uh, electromobility uh, conference about three years ago, Ian, you and I were both at that. I sat in on one right. of the... Uh, uh, one of the sessions where some of the uh, researchers were talking about this. And I remember when they were talking about the silicon thing, I thought, oh, that makes total sense. And here is Tesla talking about it. I'm like, what? Why are they doing that? And the next shot was basically this, where they found out a way uh, with s several different coatings to prevent that from happening. So obviously, uh, Tesla, for whatever reason, seems to have cracked the problem. So that really uh, was very impressive. Uh, it doesn't stop there. One of the most contentious um, minerals that Tesla puts in their cells, or everybody puts in their cells, is, uh, is cobalt. Cobalt. Yeah. And Tesla has decided, that's it, we're not using cobalt anymore. So what they've decided to do is get rid of cobalt and up the uh, nickel, which is why Elon on the last conference call, uh, earnings call, made a big deal about needing more nickel mining. So yeah, so they're going to, sorry about that, they're going to fix that problem. So all in all, some really big changes. Now, I was surprised they didn't talk about the electrolyte, because we know that uh, Professor Jeff Don, who's been working under contract for Tesla, 
um, has b- brought two things to the plate with Tesla. One was finding the, the holy grail of electrolytes, which prevents or largely prevents battery degradation. Battery degradation in a lithium-ion cell is a physical phenomenon where there is a plaque buildup, if you want to call it that, on the SEI layer that prevents the electrons from passing through easily. Uh, As that layer builds up, they can't reverse it. However, they can mitigate it by doing different additives to the electrolyte, which is what the medium which the electrons uh, flow through. Uh, They had published a white paper late last year where they basically announced we basically found the holy grail. We have this new electrolyte uh, that prevents that. Now, that's probably part of Tesla's secret sauce, which they're not really announcing. So why get into and they, the weeds? They said, they did say there's things going on that we're not going to talk about. So you're, it, you're right. That could well uh, be one of them. Yeah. So they didn't talk about that. The other thing that Jeff Don, just on as an aside, that brings to the table is that they developed a very sensitive and accurate measurement uh, computer measurement system where they can measure the coulombic efficiency of the cells um, and they can do testing in weeks and months whereas other manufacturers might take them tens of years to do that so that's part of the the whole mix anyways it's a lot of secret sauce at tesla i'm surprised i was kind of hoping to see him on stage because he's a really smart guy if you actually watch some of his youtube videos uh in his, uh, his lectures it's it's quite fascinating um so anyways um, let me see here. What else here? I got another screenshot. Yes, diversified. Uh, changing some things on the cathode side. Um, I had predicted on Twitter that Tesla was going to announce not one, but possibly three different batteries. Obviously, they have theirs. Um, they made a large, uh, they made a big deal about talking about iron-based cells, uh, nickel manganese, and high nickel uh, uh, batteries. So, obviously, um, looks like that's exactly what's happening uh, because they have partnerships with Cattle, C-A-T-L, um, Panasonic, of course, LG. So it's not just the only, um, they're not just doing their own cells because they want to get rid of everybody else. It's, it's just, you know, this is what they're doing. Um, very interesting, um, on this slide, top left-hand corner, there's a car underneath a sheet. Mm-hmm. So Tesla has announced that they are currently developing a $25,000 electric vehicle. Um, that'll be out in about three years. Kind of confirming what Elon had said last year at the Shanghai Giga Factory Shanghai opening that they were going to open a design studio in China, that they were going to design a smaller car or affordable car, I guess, for the worldwide market. So this is the first time we've actually seen the price, which is awesome because uh, a lot of the developments that they're doing, of course, with the with the reduction of the battery price up to fifty six percent, the manufacturing cost and everything. So, uh, yeah, we're going <laughs> to, this is going to be an exciting car. I just hope they don't call it a Model 2. Get away from that. <laughs> <laughs> then it would be too sexy. It would be too easy, right? No, uh, I, I, you got to call it the 2. How, how do you not call it the 2? I don't know. I don't know. Well, they you have Cybertruck now. They could have called it, uh, yeah. they could have called it Model T. No, 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 I can't, can't call it Model T. No, you T. can't do that. No. Model P pickup? Anyways, they didn't go down that road. Cybertruck. <laughs> I, personally, I think Tesla's done with naming things 1, 2, and 3 and... Anyways, that's beside the point. Hatchback. Hatchback. Compact. Yeah. Oh, Wait, well, C. Everyone's doing C for compact. Yeah. Yeah. Sony A7C. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call it the, the Tesla AF. That way you have uh, the sexy <laughs> AF. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, there you go. That's yeah. it. Exactly. That's the one. Sorry, Michael. You're welcome, Elon. All right. <laughs> 
Um, did you guys catch this slide? Um, you guys can't see it, but our viewers can. Uh, revolution in body and battery engineering. Now, this has been hinted at by Elon. He said that the Model Y that's going to be built in the Gigafactory in Berlin and Germany is going to have some significant changes in the body structure of the car. And let me tell you, when I saw this slide, I paid a lot of attention to this because they didn't tell you what it was. What it was could have been a new car or anything like that. Anyways, bottom line, I studied the bad casting. That is definitely a Model Y. So what I think what we're seeing here is the Model Y body structure for that's going to be built in um, in the Gigafactory in uh, Berlin. Uh, other interesting part of that is that it has this new battery pack structure that they've designed, including the new cells. Because if you watch the presentation, they show the battery cells going into the battery pack and then the two castings bolting to the battery pack. This is a big change. Um, the way Teslas are built right now is they build a body that has a cavity in the bottom where the body or the battery is actually bolted into. They're actually re-engineering or designing a new battery pack using these new cells now where it's actually structural to the car. They're actually bolting things to this battery pack now, which is uh, a, mm -hmm. a, big, uh, a big significant change in the body structure of this. So anyways, that picture, as far as I'm concerned, <clears throat> that's the Model Y for the European market. Um, I think in due time, uh, they will bring that to North America. But um, anyways, did you guys see the picture? What did you think? Well, the explanation of the technology was fascinating. And I, I liked Elon's analogy when he's comparing it to like the honeycomb structures used often in aircraft, you know, or Formula One cars, where you basically have two rigid surfaces with a honeycomb substructure that join them. So what they're saying is they're actually going to glue the tops and bottoms of the cells to the top and bottom cover. So if you think about it, you're going to have thousands of these little pillars that'll act like the honeycomb structure. And so you have a super, super stiff chassis. You know, like he was saying, we could cut the top off any of the existing designs, bolt this thing in the bottom and they would be more rigid than any of our existing cars you know that's how strong this is going to be so imagine how much lighter you can make the whole thing based on the fact that you've got this now actively you know you're actively using the cells as part of the structure and you don't need all that perimeter you know frame right. to, to support it it's it's an amazing breakthrough it's a step change in how the batteries are constructed because if you look at uh, say a model s or model x battery um if i remember correctly elon was saying they designed the battery pack to be serviceable at the time so they built the modules they were vented and kind of segregated mm -hmm. to themselves in these little boxes as it turns out uh, they never serviced the battery so it was just kind of like hmm. so when they went and designed the model 3 battery they got rid of the serviceability they went to four modules with no compartments and now we're basically going to a battery that has no internal structures, just cells glued together. So it's almost like Tesla designs almost like bespoke batteries uh, for each generation of car that they come out with. They're never satisfied of just taking the existing technology and shoving it in something else. Uh, you know, aside from, you know, yeah, okay, so they share the same battery between S and X and 3 and Y. Uh, but I think it's, it, it just shows that they're not afraid to innovate and spend the money and do the R&D to get them where they need to be. Um, so yeah, it's pretty exciting on that front. Uh, it just goes yeah. to show that, and you I, know, they're always thinking about the whole stack. Yes, Raj. I wonder that, you know, like previously they were probably thinking of like, Hey, you know, if the battery doesn't last, maybe, you know, there'll be this, there was always this talk about this battery swap model. Right. And mm -hmm. so how it's built today could support something like that if they wanted to look at that, but you could put two and two together at this path that they're going on essentially is not going to make a battery swap model possible, but if the battery is a million mile battery, then you 
don't really need to swap it now, do you? So it kind of all ties mm-hmm. in. And yeah. I mean, yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. That's one of the things they didn't mention because, of course, there was speculation all the time because Elon had said, yeah. you know, yeah, we'd like to put a million mile warranty on the batteries. Of course, they didn't announce that yet. Again, uh, kind of falls under the Osborne category. You don't want to let too much out of the bag as far as what you're doing because yes. then, of course, you're going to kill your sales, right? Can't be killing the sales right now. <laughs> Um, let me see here. What else did they show here? One more slide. I think it's a very important slide. People need to really pay attention to, um, range increase based on cell design, anode material, cathode material, and, uh, cell vehicle integration results, uh, 54% increase in range, a huge, uh, decrease in kilowatt hour. We're talking 56%. So they're going to more than have the cost of the batteries over time. And uh, while the last one's a little less important for a lot of the people, other than maybe investors, investment per gigawatt hour uh, of reduction of 69%. So Tesla's looking at the whole chain from start to bottom at every aspect to get the cars down in terms of cost. I think it's very, very exciting. Um, What's the Model S Plaid rated at? 520 miles? Roughly. Yeah. (laughs) Three more than Lucy. Greater than symbol. Yes. Three more. Three more. Um, and then, uh, again, Roadster officially, 620 miles. I think it's going to be way more than yeah. that. Uh, semi-truck again. Again, these numbers were kind of sandbagged because I think this was kind of in the future plans. And when they developed those those prototypes, uh, none of this stuff was ready. They were just kind of like, okay, w- when everything gets caught up, yeah. and that's when they, they will do it. I think, it, and I mean, to Eric's point about uh, delays about the COVID thing, I think some of this tech that they've been working on has also led to some of the delays internally for some of these products. I think it just makes sense if you look at it. So, But everybody benefits at the end of the day because we get a better product out of the deal. Any observations? What else? Well, I I certainly have a few. Uh, First, um, just want to remind folks that starting when this... When this gets released on YouTube, starting today, September 24th, is National Drive Electric Week. Let's make sure we let that cat out of the bag. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so this is kind of interesting timing as we think about electric vehicles uh, in the future. Um, but a couple of things I noticed. One is the the overreaction, I think, that we saw uh, in the 24 hours since the announcements of how people were sort of like let down, uh, thinking there was going to be some more... Um, more of a sense of urgency of things that are coming in the immediate pipeline yeah, as, yeah. as opposed to what's going to be, you know, remarkably two, three, four yeah. years down the road. And they looked at it as a bad thing. I, 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 I understand this desire for instant gratification and mm-hmm. having something in the immediate, uh, especially as, you know, Raj noted earlier, a potential interior refresh of the Model S or, you know, a number of different things that we thought, even, even with the, the new plaid Model S, seeing that that's delayed roughly a year uh, until it's ready. Um, you know, those sort those sort of things, I, you know, I want people to understand that you certainly can be disappointed that things aren't coming as soon as we'd like. And it's, it's understandable to want something uh, as, as gracious as Tesla is at times, that the Roadster has been delayed. Like there's certain things that we just know are forthcoming, but as we've come to learn with Tesla, everything is about exhibiting patience. Uh, things will come. It's just a matter of maybe taking a bit longer than expected. Um, the second takeaway, and, and I alluded to this in our conversation before we began taping today, is I, I look at a lot of these things as really the focal point 
has been on transportation solutions for Tesla, right? Like you, you alluded, Trevor, that these next iterations of battery packs are really going to be focused on from the outset. There may be some variations down the line, but initially focusing, as Elon said, on the Roadster, the Semi, and um, the Cybertruck. And there really, I was hoping there'd be some inclination, some suggestion in their release notes yesterday of larger scale solutions. Powerwall, for example, um, their megawatt uh, battery storage solutions that they're finding in different cities around the world. Um, you know, there really wasn't much conversation with that. And I know that their push for sustainability was certainly marketed very well yesterday. I mean, Raj did a great explainer video earlier today. If you haven't seen that, go to his YouTube channel. I'm sure he'll post a link up later on for that. Um, it's a really good summary about what happens uh, in the presentation. But there, there's also, I think, the other side of battery technology, which is how does it affect the greater communities as opposed to just individual owners and business owners for uh, for transportation systems? So it's it's not a grave disappointment. I would have liked to have at least had some uh, allusion to that. Um, there wasn't one, but it doesn't mean that some of the technology uh, advancements that they're going to be making in the next few years couldn't then find their way into some of these products. But again, it's, it's not to take away from the, the advancements they were announcing, um, but we know that these are going to be things that are forthcoming, but it would have been nice to also see something that I thought would be more beneficial for non-transportation related solutions that we know Tesla's known for. Well, I, I could be wrong, but I thought like earlier in the presentation, you know, they sort of were building up to that and they were talking about the urgent need to speed up cell production. Like, you know, they, they, they felt so frustrated that that's been the limiting factor for the entire industry, both when you're talking about transportation and, you know, backup power for, for renewable energy. And um, that even was revisited during the Q&A session because Elon was like, you know, well, we think it's about a 50-50 distribution in terms of what the, the gigawatt or terawatt requirements are. The transportation sector and, and you know, the, the power generation and storage sector are approximately equal in their demands and they both have to be ramped. So the way it was pitched earlier in the presentation, my takeaway from that was like, we really need to scale these things and make them much faster and much more efficient to build. You know, uh, and for both for both sectors, it's important for both in order for us to reach the sustainability on on both sides of the equation. So it, he didn't go into details. You're right, Eric, like at all on it. But I think what they're trying to say is, yeah, we're we're using this these new technologies like we're developing for the 4680 cell across the board. It just sounded to me like this is a, a blanket solution to get the yeah. whole thing up to speed. You know? Well, there's no doubt that, that totally. the cell is definitely yeah, and future it, for any new new products. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead, Eric. Was, it's interesting too. Also, thinking about the vehicles that you really saw the opposite ends of the cost spectrum. You know, with the announcement that they're planning on building a, a more affordable electric vehicle, like coming in around twenty five thousand, and then on the opposite end, you had the Plaid Model S. You know, coming at yeah. essentially almost two hundred thousand Canadian. Uh, you know, you, you you really see the cost disparity, but but that's really critical because you do have those you know, prospective Tesla owners that like power, performance, endurance, and, you know, really that uh, that just beast of a machine 
uh, that hits the track, as you guys might call it. And then you've got the lay consumer who's like, listen, I'm really about the mission. I'm really about sustainability. It's just that right now it's difficult to see myself getting into an affordable electric car. You know, maybe they have their aversions to certain manufacturers. It's understandable. But now here it is that they're saying, but no, we're we're intending on building a car that is going to be more cost effective, uh, that maybe for all markets around the world, especially for those that don't have such larger vehicles, and that would be closer to a price point. That's, I think, also a great takeaway from yesterday that maybe people were not expecting. They figured Model 3s kind of the the bottom there and say, no, we're, we're going to try to go even a little bit lower than that if we can. Uh, my other takeaway from Tesla announcing a car like this, because, you know, people will say, well, there's other electric cars on the market that don't cost as much as a Tesla. The thing is, is that Either the manufacturers are selling those cars at a loss because they're using the other vehicles to help pay for the loss, or they're severely compromised. Range, yeah. supercharging, whatever the case may be, right? Um, Tesla doesn't seem to be interested in any of that. They, they want to make a profit on a car, and second of all, they don't want any significant compromises on the car. So I see Tesla's investment in the battery technology as a necessity to make sure that those things are very well balanced in their product mix rather than, oh, sure. well, you can buy this particular car and you can take a big discount on it, but guess what? You can't go very far on it because of XYZ or whatever the case yeah. may be, right? So Tesla is very interested in making sure that, A, they make a profit for themselves, and B, make sure that they have a very, very compelling car. And unfortunately, the batteries are just too damn expensive. So yeah. they got to do what they have to do to get the cost down. And it's nice to see this company saying, look, we have to go vertically integrated at a necessity. We can't rely on everybody else. We'll still partner with people where it makes sense to do, you know, an iron phosphate battery over here for this particular mm -hmm. market, whatever the case may be. But I think long term, they're really looking at everything. Like we want to get, you know, the mine. If we could put a gigafactor on top of a, a lithium mine or a nickel mine, we will do it. Um, but it's, I think it's fascinating to look at what they've done at the cell level and the constituents and rethinking how a cell is made. I can't think of any other company that would say, let's reinvent the cell. It's like, no, they just want to keep doing what they're doing yeah. and try and get the cost down for volume manufacture rather than look at the whole picture. I don't know. Raj, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it as like, you know, people are never, you know, who used to have this issue was Apple. Right. And, and Apple used to do back in the day when they used to have their worldwide developers conference, everyone expected something. Mm. But it's a developers conference. This is talk about software, not talk about hardware. And Apple kind of got themselves stuck into it. And now they're producing something every time because the fans want to see something. They don't want to hear about software or like, you know, they want to physically hold something, something tangible. And Tesla's kind of putting themselves into that realm, too. But you can't make a car every year, you know, at some point you have to think even bigger than that. And I, that's where I was, you know, I was making this reference in my video as well too, is that just, you know, you have to look at what they've done and, and they also, there's this, like what you called out before Trevor is the Osborne effect, right? Is like, you know, if you say anything, now you could sit here and think, okay, they're reinventing the battery. They're doing X, Y, and Z, better efficiency, lower cost. Heck, they could put that in a power pack or power wall and the power wall be cheaper, last longer. Could they do that? Yes. Did they announce it? No, because if they announce it, then you're not going to buy a power wall today and sales are going to tank. And right now, all sales are crucial, right? I think, mm -hmm. you know, they're still in that growing phase. And so, you know, God forbid they don't report a great quarter. They're just going to get hammered again, you know? So it's <laughs> like, it's this chicken and egg situation. And, and you know, you got to look at the bigger picture. It's not just about 
cool products and fast vehicles. Like, listen, they've got it. There was a roadster there. Trust me, I saw it with my own eyes. It exists and it will come. But there's a lot more important things like going back to the base, looking at the battery, looking at the very beginning and how, you know, they will own this entire stack, everything in there to, you know, I mean, just, they own everything. Once you own everything, like I go back to Apple because Apple's done this too. It's like you own all the pieces that you're going to make an even better product that you have like almost full control over. Right. I, I got to say the whole thing. Well, you me... also bring up two really good points there, Raj. Go ahead, Ian. Oh, sorry. No, I just quickly, because one of the things that astonished me, and I predicted this last night, I mean, I'm sitting there watching it with Ms. Matt. I'm like, you know, check this out. Somebody, one of the analysts is going to look at this and go, well, you know, it's not quite as spectacular as we thought. And the stock price is going to plummet. And we watched it, you know, like the pre-market was already tumbling as, as the show was going on. I'm not, what the hell is wrong with people? And it was exactly what you were just talking about, Raj. It's like there's no new thing now that they can put their fingers on and go out and place, you know, and, and buy tomorrow and have. So all of a sudden, it means that Battery Day was a failure. And for the first time in a year, I I looked at this show and go, oh my god, I now understand the the valuation. Like I know that Tesla's value long term is going to catch up with the stock price, but you got to admit it's it's frankly their 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 market cap right now is insane. If you look at what their 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 profitability and their order book is right now, but we all know it's going to catch up. You know, it's like I compare it to the kid growing into his shoes that are a little too big. But I saw where those feet are going to grow, man. I mean, this company has got it. They are so far ahead. Like that, just stuff, just the sell stuff, blew my mind. So I walked away thinking, you know what? I'm buying back in. That's I'm... what I did this morning. I bought back in. It's like this is going to happen now, and the rest of the world's going no. We, we, we can't put our fingers on it so that the company is now worth, you know, 20% less. This I, I is just, a, it was a complete disconnect. I couldn't get it. If we talk about the stock price, I mean, this is a fundamental disconnect between the tech sector and Wall Street because they want to make money today. They can't look at three years down the road, right? So when they see something like this, and you're right, we were expecting this, but we got this. We got a future thing. Uh, yeah, the tank is, you know, the stock is going to tank. But cooler heads will prevail, and once it actually does sink in, it's going to go back up again. You watch. You can set your watch to it. Oh, yeah. It, it, there are there are a couple of takeaways I have from all these conversations. And again, I've, I'm notorious on the show for saying I can't stand Wall Street. But let's just <laughs> let's approach it from uh, at least this perspective. I, I think Wall Street just needs to learn a couple of things. Uh, number one is that we're in this very unique environment where companies like Tesla, which there are not a great number of them that are really focused on green energy, that have the prominence of being, you know, like ExxonMobil, like Apple, just these behemoths of companies in Wall Street. And they're really the only name synonymous with green energy, right? Like when we think of batteries and and this, you know, movement to sustainability, the first company people think of is Tesla. So when you have a company who is now performing beyond expectations, when there are so many people who are opposed to Tesla's mission, who've been betting against, like betting the house against Tesla for so long, only to lose money time and again, and see Tesla still remaining strong these 10 years later, it's really an opportunity for them to realize that Tesla's not going anywhere at all anytime soon in any capacity so stick with it because they're going to be here for a long time but it also goes to show i think the difficulty that tesla's environment that they're dealing with which is not just the actual environment we all find ourselves in it's the political landscape it's the the cost landscape it's the wall street landscape 
where they're trying to do something that really hasn't been done before to this scale. And it's not a thing you can snap your fingers and there's the product in your hand. Everything is evolutionary when it comes to this company. So whatever ideas they've had, it's literally they're building from the ground up. They're building the factories themselves. They're building the materials themselves. As Raj has pointed out, they're now taking the Apple-minded approach of just bringing all the production facilities in-house. Because if you, if you control the entire production line from start to finish, then you have a lot of control and you're bringing your CapEx down by doing that. So there's, a, there's, there's so much reaction to saying, well, they're not putting out a product for three years. But again, it's how difficult that is and why it's so significant that we support what they're doing as soon as possible by investing in their stock, by purchasing their products, uh, by referring other customers to Tesla. Because the more the more support they get, the quicker they can get to some of these milestones that, again, take time to develop because no one else is really doing it at such a large scale. It's important right. to remember that even though we're saying three years out, that's for volume production. I mean, they are going to start limited ramp-up yeah. production late next year. So right. They, they, they are working on this as fast as they can. But to get to the levels that they need to be, it's going to take about three years. So just just keep that in mind. Right. <laughs> I know we, we've been floating around here with three years. And I thought you said 2021. So uh, well, how, the other thing is, is like when you think about the com- the competition, whatever, whoever's out there competing, but like, you know, they're just trying to catch up to the vehicle and the specs of the vehicle, right? Tesla's already is like, hey, we've already accomplished that, so let's look at how else we can build it out. You know, mm-hmm. the rest of these guys are still sourcing batteries from elsewhere. They still have that large, uh, you know, expense of like we always. I think back in the day, used to talk about like you know between the two cars, you've got this ten thousand dollar at minimum, right, battery that you got to put in the car. It's a huge expense from these auto manufacturers that don't have any other way to do it. And now Tesla's already gone over that hump, sold a ton of you know vehicles, and and you know help bring that cost down. And now they're like, hey, let's go to the next step. Let's let's make the batteries ourselves. Let's make the packs ourselves. So. It's just leaps and bounds ahead of everyone. They're racing to the finish line. You know, they're, it, they're just paving the way on this, you know, and we pull ourselves back outside of Tesla, outside of electric vehicles, outside of, you know, pull it all the way back to what are we doing this for is for, you know, climate change and sustainability. And this is what's going to drive that forward. They are the ones converting the most people. Right now, you hold up an Android phone and people still call it an iPhone. There is a future where people are going to be like, oh, you drive a Tesla, as in that's an EV. It's a Tesla, right? Like Tesla's becoming that brand. They're, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. They have immense brand recognition, especially yeah. among the younger people. And that's why and that's why it's important that like I say, that's why it's important we support Rivian, why we support Lucid, why we support the legacy automakers who are trying to convert Volkswagen, Honda, Toyota, all the others, uh, and why we need to fight hard like hell in states like Michigan to not just shut everyone out now that Tesla's gotten in the door because, you know, of whatever legalities are involved in that. Ideally, it's about making sure that across this country and around the world that we're making it easier and easier to become electrified owners, whether it's putting a solar roof on your house in something like the Sunshine State, we shouldn't have utilities dictate how that works. We shouldn't have a lot of the legacy automakers fight through hell and high water in various states so that they can maintain control of having dealerships so that there is no direct sale to customers 
because they don't want to lose their power grab on the market. There's so many things that are happening beyond the scale of Tesla itself, and it has its own battles for sure. Uh, we see that in the public sphere uh, by and large, and even if it's sometimes people just going after Elon directly, right? There's enough combatants out there just fighting Tesla. But again, it's really even supporting the, those non-Tesla companies that are vying for a share of that space because they're as critical as anything, giving customers the opportunity to be able to grab a share of that ownership of sustainability because they want to do their part too, even if they're never on the same page in the same scale as advanced as Tesla is today. Totally. Speaking of the competition, oh, to be a fly on the wall in the conference rooms watching that presentation. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh. Well, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to see. I mean, like, look, when Lucid made their announcement, I mean, I was really impressed. They did an amazing job. The vehicle looks great. They put out, like, they didn't just meet what the world has today. They went up to, like, what's the best? How far can we push it, given that we don't have a car today, right? And so I, I was really impressed with what Lucid did. And it was just kind of like, hey, edge it on, like, Whoa, Tesla, you see this. Now, I'm sure Tesla's sitting on stuff even greater than what they've shown right now. But it's just like, that's just that healthy, friendly competition. Listen, if the Lucid is the right vehicle for you, get it. It's a beautiful vehicle. You know, if the Rivian is the truck for you because you don't want some crazy Cybertruck, get it, right? Like, that still goes back. Like, what's great is, like, there's really good companies doing it. There was one who wasn't doing a good job in they're, they're going to disappear. But there are good companies that are that are doing this and really pushing this forward. So, yeah. I think in the EV I space, we're seeing a lot of really good innovation from the startups. The 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 normal incumbents that have been in the industry for a long time, um, I mean, you know, the, right now it's been a lot of talk. I mean, I literally watched the— it's difficult. I watched the intro today from Volkswagen's new uh, ID4, which is their SUV variant of the ID3, which is, uh, you know, kind of a competitor with the Model Y. And the one takeaway from the whole thing, and, and just listening to these guys, and they're definitely marketing people, uh, they would not acknowledge Tesla. They would say they're competitors. That's all they would ever say. And it was, it was interesting because here we are, where they're announcing a car that's going to be happening, uh, going into production next year, and they couldn't tell us what the price was um they they basically said well it's going to have about this range and they can't tell us i mean because there was a lot of questions how many we're going to bring into the country and they said well we've talked to germany we've asked germany we put our hands up that's what they said we want as many as we can and basically we don't have any answers at this point so they don't seem to have any kind of volume production kind of allocations at this point. I think they're going to be in a very long, drawn-out ramp. Uh, Tesla was, I mean, a miracle of all miracles, been able to get to have 500,000 cars inside of a year. But it just seems to be, it's, it's like, I don't know what the holdup is. It must be the battery thing for those guys, because they know how to make cars. Cars are like a given thing. Motors, okay, yeah, they can farm that out. I think the battery mm -hmm. thing is the biggest thing that's really holding those battery cars. Battery throws back. everyone off. Yeah. Well, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Tesla becomes the primary supplier of batteries to the rest of the industry within the next uh, five years. Uh, you, know? I mean, you know what? I know. That's, a, that's an easy bridge to cross and, and assume. But the, here's the thing. The Tesla is saying we can't get there alone. We can't make enough batteries for ourselves. So if they can't make enough batteries for themselves, yeah. how are they going to supply the market? Right. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it's a great market that yeah. you get into and make a lot of money. But if they can't make enough of their own – 
Because, I mean, one of the other things, too, is people have been saying, you know, why doesn't Tesla advertise? Well, you re, you the reason you advertise is to generate demand for a new product. Tesla doesn't have a demand problem, right? So why would you make something worse okay. by advertising? People are having to wait right now. Like in Canada, if you want to order a Model 3, it's nine weeks to get a car. So wow. why would you advertise when you can't even really? deliver? Yeah. So why would you advertise? So, yeah, don't, yeah, they don't have a problem selling the cars. The cars sell themselves. So until they have more manufacturing, I think, than they can actually deliver, um, I don't think, I don't think there's any reason for Tesla to be advertising at this point. The car sells itself. We don't have to worry about that. But anyways, it, it's a novel approach, and I would love to see Tesla do deals with other manufacturers and sell them batteries and drivetrains and stuff like that. But I don't think, any, I don't think Tesla's anywhere near capable of doing that at this point. They're not big. No, not. Not in the short term. I, I was thinking kind of long term, you know. Oh, and, well, anything's possible, but right yeah. now it's just like Tesla's is in complete growth mode right now, and they just can't seem to make enough sales. I mean, that's why they're going vertically integrated. They just can't get enough from Panasonic, LG, and 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 CATL right now. So, but it, it's funny thing is, it's like I was thinking, well, we just need to build more factories and more suppliers get needed. But when when <laughs> we saw the scope of the problem, like to be able to replace the world automotive fleet and how many you know, uh, terawatts you need to do that. I was kind of like, if, if you don't have this super high speed production system with the, that these new cells enable, I don't know how you're going to get there. I mean, it, it, it yeah. just was, it was well, really exciting and a little discouraging at the same time. It's yeah. like, oh my God, well, yeah, this true. had to happen in order for us to solve this. We only got like I, left, you know? I also, I also think back to the IPCC report that came out a few years ago about the timeline we were under yeah. To get to get, you know, to basically like we, we're already on this track for a certain centigrade change in our climate. And the thing is, reports have come out since then from climate Scientologists and many others. Uh, I'm sorry, climate scientists. Yes, climatologists. I, I had both terms we had at the same time. <laughs> um, when when there's report after report saying we've basically already now plateaued beyond a certain number, like we're, we're now ahead of where we thought we would be. Um, at the time. So it's like, even when I think of these volume production, I'm going to add a caveat, volume production timelines for three years from now, I wonder how bad will things be three years from now that everything Tesla is doing, if we don't see other companies have the same sort of dramatic, really mass critical response, is whatever Tesla is doing too late to do anything significant enough to basically mirror those numbers they had in the presentation yesterday. I mean, we don't want to be alarmist by any stretch, but I mean, look at 2020 as we've seen just in terms of climate, in terms of the number of hurricanes and tropical systems, the wildfires that unfortunately have affected our friends out West, um, the extreme heat wave that hit um, the Southwest and, and the Western part of the United States, um, the Arctic melts, the glacier break. I mean, we're just seeing cataclysmic events occurring this year. Um, and that's been set in motion from years ago. And I wonder, you know, just as a thought experiment is, is whenever Tesla finally checks off the boxes in their timeline, is it too late to really make a significant impact? I hope I'm wrong. But it, it does it does give me some concerns if they're the only one in the game really doing it that way. You make a good point because Tesla's made a pretty good I mean, over the last few years they said we can't do this alone. But the thing is is that nobody seems to be picking up the slack. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to be they seem to be the only ones actually actively doing anything, and they give a damn. But they can't. I mean, they only have limited funds, and they have limited resources and limited time. They can't possibly do it all themselves. Now, if you look at the automotive market, um, I mean, as as much as we like to t- take a look at Tesla, you know, as as a, as an overall whole, they're a technology company. They're they're an energy company. They happen to make cars too, but. The bottom line here is that because buying habits are changing and there's a larger demand for EVs now and because everybody else is dragging their heels, when those people are ready to buy a car and they go to the dealer and say, I want this car and it's not even ready because they don't have the product, what other choice are they going to they're gonna buy? They're going to mm-hmm. buy a Tesla. Um, so I see Tesla's market share continuing to increase and actually accelerating in a lot of ways because nobody else is picking up the slack on their part to get compelling electric vehicles onto the market. I could see Tesla swallowing up not only the lion's share of the EV market, but actually gaining significant market share as in the vehicle sector as a whole because of the fact that they're so far ahead of everybody else. Like, you know, the old, the old saying, right, of Wayne Gretzky, I always skate where the puck is going, or where it's going to be, I should say. Right, so I think that Tesla is really looking at that long term. It's like, okay, we want to be, we want to be out here. Um, Elon's favorite catchphrase: "The machine that builds the machine." How many times did he yeah. say that during the presentation? He sees the factory and everything that Tesla's doing as a product. It's not just the mm-hmm. products they make; it's the actual process that they've developed to actually make these cars. And I'm telling you, if Elon had unlimited resources and unlimited money, he would move a lot quicker. But it's just not physically possible. This but point. we've also seen, to your point, Trevor, have with every new gigafactory they've assembled, how much more efficient uh, they're able to not only build the factory, but get it running into production, right? Yes. With with every new factory, they're learning how to configure the lines, what machines to use, the order to set them up, where we need to have people, where automation should set in. They, you know, they, they learned early on with the Model 3 ramp up. I think that was really their greatest challenge that they were faced in terms of getting to their sustainability portion of their of their phase two, which was we know we had to get a mass production vehicle. And there were a lot of stumbling blocks that they encountered along the way, but they were able to overcome those obstacles. And now look where they're at. And now we see China, Berlin, Austin. Like they're they're rapidly building these factories one after another. And they're really able to get them I mean it just in a I mean first of all the the be able to build them as fast as you're doing it that's amazing right all the updates we're getting from berlin are just eye-dropping numbers right like we're just like what um but but even with what they did in china just how fast they went from groundbreaking to building their first car uh so they're getting more efficient in doing that but again it's it's really to the larger point of they're the only one really doing it and for them to do it as well as they are now, I mean, we know that they're they're prone to missing deadlines that Elon sort of sets. I think their soft deadlines are probably written in pencil, not a permanent marker. <laughs> um, but can you even think, I was actually thinking this while we were discussing this tonight, I can't recall a time where a planned product didn't make it. They might have said, hey, we're announcing this. Oh, yeah, they never um, canceled anything. Right. I mean, timeline shift. Yeah. But I've never, I've never known them to produce a failed product. So, um, so it's it's good to know that when they're discussing these things, it's it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And we know Elon time is a famous phrase we like to toss around here from time to time. Mm-hmm. But it's imperative to understand that there are certain things that they may have a very detailed 
timeline they've established in their company. Imagine like making a Visio chart and you're trying to plan every single step. Step four, which is, you know, nine months from now, let's say, something could happen in step three that delays step four by a few weeks. And you sort of, you see that trickle effect, but eventually they get to the finish line and they do produce the product. Building a car is very hard. Apple started a project in 2014 called Project Titan, mm -hmm. which is to build an electric vehicle. Shinsipa never happened. They spent yeah. a lot of money, and they abandoned the project. Uh, Dyson spent $2 billion, built one That's prototype. Right. No go-to-market strategy. So, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to the ones that are actually building factories and are actually going to succeed, you know, the Lucids and the Rivians at this point. Um, even Faraday Future made a big splash back in 2016 when they came out of Stealth Food. Where are they today? Financial difficulties, like you wouldn't believe. They don't even have a factory yeah. that's up and running at this point. That's the one company I, I fear that's just going to completely fail and go under because they just they just they just screwed a lot of stuff up. Uh, let's not mention Nikola Motors, right? That's just another, um, and that's a, that's a different thing altogether. That's just not even about. Yeah, yeah. Won't even. But the ironic there. the ironic thing I look at too with the EV industry as a whole is they're they're basically Silicon Valley on wheels. You're going, to, you're going to have a lot of startups that just don't make it. I mean, it's it's good to see that companies like Ford recognize there's value in Rivian and said, we're going, to, we're going to work together in tandem. We're going to give you money to basically help work with us in building a better product um, for those who want to get trucks that are electric. Um, you know, it's not every idea works out. And we know that. We know that, you know, the percentage of companies that succeed that are startups are it's really a shot in the dark it really is a needle in the haystack when you think about the number of companies but when you do it when you've got public support when you've got private support financial support uh in both cases you have a chance of doing something and ideally all these companies just need to have that support um you know you can you can design all the renderings you want but until it becomes <laughs> a physical product that you can touch and drive and experience it's all just talk. It's just vapor. And um, that's why, going back to my point before about really seeing all the co competition come up, it is both this kind of tug of war between the companies all pushing each other to become better. You know, if the Plaid Model S has better specs than Lucid's recently announced vehicle, well, it's good for both companies. It's it's not a tit for tat, like, haha, now we're better than you. You want that push because then people now see two manufacturers that have you know these stats on cars and they think to themselves i can't think of a of a hemi that performs that way i can't think of a of my cobra from way back then my shelby cobra that could like you just start thinking about man these electric cars really can output some performance um so it's, it's good to see that it's not just a single name you associate with all these things it's it's really again widespread support and you know I'd, I'd like to see more companies produce solar roof solutions or power wall style battery storage for homeowners and you know what if you live in a condo or an apartment what options are available for you maybe tesla makes something maybe it's somebody else um so there there's there's a lot of room for this um but i'm glad that also elon from the long long time ago said we're gonna make some of our patents out for the public to use because we know that this technology these solutions these advancements are no good just to us we need everyone to accept it and go with it and try to make a product that they believe is the best thing for their for humanity. Not to change the subject, but you just mentioned superchargers. 
Um, I think just rough back of the napkin math calculations on this new cell. I'm expecting to see superchargers go up to about one megawatt. That would not surprise me. Really? Mm -hmm. Probably. And also, they're going to start building stations to support Cybertruck spacing. Uh, not well, semi truck. They're supposed to be megawatt. So uh, you know. No, 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 yeah, but I'm saying, but the yeah. the supercharging stations like now the stalls will be. Well, they're building one. They're, they're going to they're going to build some for Cybertruck. Raj, what's the one just outside of LA? Two hundred stalls. It's huge. Um, it's going to be. No, no, no. Where is it? Where is it? Wait, is it two hundred? No, no, no. It can't be two hundred. Yeah. It's got. I think I thought it was like. 50 or 60? No, they're announcing another one. There's going to be like 200 no, stalls. It, it was triple digit. It was it was big. Yeah. I was huge. what? <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, no, I, no, 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 no. So <laughs> I think that sign was misread. That really? sign says coming to the L.A. metro area. Uh, that 200s. could mean that they're in total. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. A 200 was... station lot would be insane. <laughs> in the membrane just like which by the way i want to give a quick shout out to uh governor gavin newsom of california who today yes. in a press yes. conference yes. announced that they're trying to in 15 years basically cease all sales of ice cars in california in california i know yes in california but if, there, if there's one thing i've always been in, infatuated by with california is and this is not a political statement but just how forward thinking they are as a state, you know, looking at the landscape of the country and saying, we, we know we have to do better. Uh, when they had their smog issues, which LA was known for its smog, now you never see those two words associated together. Well, Only recently with the wildfires that people say like, so this is what it was like for LA, right? Like yeah. now they've had this yeah. advancement uh, in, in clean thanks to CARB. But um, which, by the way, if you've seen, if you have not seen, I'm sorry, uh, who killed the electric car, you'll understand the history of CARB in California and how mm -hmm. how much of a scandal it's been sometimes. But nonetheless, I digress. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's really important to see that there's there's those leaders in an office really thinking we, we have to really push the envelope to do what's right for our global environment. And if they if California is any example, the wildfires is here to let that be known, we have to do better. Uh, to curb our climate change contributions. Speaking of wildfires, how are uh, how are things down in your way? Because it's been, it was pretty bad there. I saw some really epic photos there from the San Francisco area there, Raj. I mean, I know you're in San Jose, there, but yeah, no, the the entire area was was bad. All, all that day was insane. It was just, I mean, it looked like Mars. You saw the videos, you yeah, saw those mm -hmm. photos. Um, it was a little a little creepy, a little scary. Uh, but I mean, it we're we're good now. Thankfully, it's clear blue skies. Um, oh, and now cool. you know, now I think Pacific Northwest is is uh, dealing uh, with it. But I think last time I checked, it seemed like all the fires have been now 100% contained. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty good. You know, now, been they, they had rain or is it, or is it just because of the firefighting efforts? What was that? What, was it because of, of a change in the weather, like in terms of rain or was it fire, fire, firefighting efforts? Um, so it was definitely no rain. Um, so I think it was rain. just, you know, firefighting efforts, a cool down in temperature, not as windy. Um, so all of that just kind of helps. Okay. Last year, it was the rain. The rain saved it. I just so. can't imagine living in a condition where you have to deal with oh, wildfires goodness. every single year. I, I just can't fathom that. It's it's part of it is we know that every year uh, California well, you have hurricanes. Is, so it's well, well, well we I mean, research. first of all, give, give the, the Cal Fire team 
props yeah. bravado you know just really good support there yeah. um you know if you can support them please do um but there, there's really a few things to play number one it's hard i mean california every year is known for doing controlled burns they have to uh across the state but it's just become harder and harder um every single year and what we thought was a record year last year the numbers were blown out of the water this year i think in the top 10 fires in california i think four of them maybe five, but four of the top 10 wildfires in terms of total areas burned or acreage burned uh, was this year alone. Um, so it's, it's just, it's getting worse. And, um, you know, the, the extreme heat we saw this year did not help. Uh, the drier winters where they're not getting a lot of snow caps in the mountains that then come down to sort of moisten the landscape uh, in spring and summer, That's that's been less for, for a number of years. So there's a number of different conditions that it led to this. Um, but it's, you know, but when you have such dry areas and you get a lightning strike, all of a sudden now it just burns. And it's also interesting because I think of it too, like population density. A lot of people are building homes, like here where I live in Florida. We're, we're known for coastal communities, both on the West Coast and East Coast of Florida. Well, if sea level change is causing the, the oceans to rise, then all of a sudden those homes are really in, in dire conditions in the next 20, 30 years. We're seeing in South Miami, uh, king tides happening around this time of the year. So on a sunny day, king tide hits. We had a full moon recently here in South Florida, and the streets are flooded in the daytime on a sunny day. Right. Um, we're seeing more people build homes where there are um, wildfires naturally occurring. So it's it's interesting that, you know, we're, we're we want to live in certain localities, but then we're also prone to such dangers where we're choosing to live. So I'm not certainly blaming anyone. I just it's just, just that's the state of things like nature. It's going to find its way to always control everything. It's the strongest force there is. <laughs> and, you know, we're trying to fight it, but it's, it's really hard. Um, but. Uh, all, I, all we can hope for every year is that everyone is safe, heeds the warnings when they're asked to evacuate, does so. Um, you know, we, you know, the loss of life is never a good thing. But, um, right. but yeah, it's, it's, it's a combination of so many factors all kind of heating together at one time. And it's, it's frightening. And I know from afar, I mean, no, I have friends and family who live out in California. And uh, it's, it was just, it's hard being here, observing that from afar and knowing there's nothing I can really do. Uh, to help that and that's that's just I mean it's it's like Blade Runner you know what I mean like it's just that's that's the sight you see when yeah. California is known for its picturesque uh, landscape so mm. yeah god we were craving those blue skies though I, I can't can imagine tell yeah. you. and it made it even worse that it's like hey it's COVID so you're spending a lot of time inside but at least right. you kind of get outside for a little bit of exercise like oh no now don't go for a walk. Don't go outside because oh. it's super unhealthy air. Well, not only that, most <laughs> homes there don't have like AC. There's no central air conditioning system. So it's blazing hot. You've got the, the bad air outside. You can't cool down your house really. And normally you would just by opening a window, but you can't because the air right. pollution, you know, the air and, quality And is unless you have so a Model S or Model X, you don't have bioweapon defense mode. I know, I know our friend Bonnie did that. Uh, she was trying to take out her dogs, and uh, she was uh, saying that, I'm just going to put them in the car and put the, uh, well, Raj the bio did, mode on. Raj did a video uh, on your air filters, the HEPA filters. Right. Uh, now, they act, I mean, it's funny, too, because, you know, listen, just not, I mean, 
that's not the first thing on my mind to do an air filter test when our air quality goes to shit. So I always get crap for it. Like, well, you should test it when it's at 150. Like, listen, when it's at 150, I'm inside. <laughs> I've got a mask on. Like, I'm not outside <laughs> trying to film in, like, Blade Runner-esque, you know, yeah, weather. But boring. in any case, when I tested it this time, air quality was at least 10 outside. But every time I've tested it, it's been 10 or higher. And you go inside, it drops it down to one. I mean, and it just smells really good. So, I, I mean... I've been really impressed with them. I know. I, I think Trevor, you you put some HEPA filters in yours. I as just well, right? changed mine. I just changed mine. I was starting to get the smell. Yeah. My car is literally. What's today? September twenty third when we're taping. Twenty third. Ah, twenty fourth. Tomorrow is my one year anniversary with my car. Hey, happy birthday nice. at last! Wow, happy flew. birthday three at last! Yes, yeah, so literally tomorrow. I won't be doing uh, a video. It, it'll be days. great when you own it for three years, and it literally will be three, three at last. Three, three at last. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, I just, I just, um, yeah, I, I, I had to change the air filters. It was just one of those things. I was like, kind of, I was starting to get the smell a little bit, and I figured, okay, um, what am I going to do? Do I buy the Tesla ones, or do I take a chance and buy these HEPA ones? And uh, I was actually quite yeah. thoroughly impressed with them. Not very expensive, yeah. and uh, they go in fairly easy, other than the fact that the bolt is the worst place possible. Tesla engineers, God. Did you see that, uh, did you see that magnet piece that I had? Uh, no, unfortunately, I have to apologize. I, I didn't watch your video. <laughs> no, wor no worries. No worries. You'll, you'll get a, um, you'll, no, there's you'll get a, a view tonight. This guy has... He flossed for you, Trevor. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> oh my god! I didn't god. ask for that. He did that by himself. I just asked for. A I name. watched the video and I haven't even changed my filter since I've owned my car. <laughs> yeah, I'm on my original as well. Amazingly, um, yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. yeah my, my but you know, you only change it like what, like once a year or something like that, and then it's only that time that you realize how bloody annoying that screw is and just mm. how awkwardly placed it is. So I happen to be scrolling on Facebook, and some guy is 3D printing. Uh, a replacement cover plate that has uh, a an earth magnet in it and so uh, he originally made one that actually replaces it okay. and then he realized that tesla tweaked a little bit of the wire holders uh -huh. in, in in some year model so then what he did was he was like all right to not mess with that he'll make his piece like the tesla piece snap onto his piece so you could still remove so basically the thing is like i can put my hand down there after i remove the sidewall and just like pop it off mm. so okay i got cool. a new project for my 3d printer <laughs> <laughs> there you go i always gotta if have you can if you can stuff. fix your side gate trevor you can fix anything <laughs> make little yeah. things like this like headphone holders for the side of your desk you know anyways lots i love of fun. it well, um, well, on that note, any closing thoughts on Battery Day? I know we've kind of diverging and talk about all kinds of stuff, but it's pretty exciting, all, all things considered. Um, I'm going to give it 90%. Um, I think a lot of cases, yeah, some of us are a little disappointed, but maybe it's just a case of just getting a little too, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A little too excited over something that, uh, you know, really wasn't being delivered today. So maybe got our hopes yeah. up a little too high. But um, all things considered, I think it really shows that Tesla's thinking. What do you guys think? I mean, thumbs up, thumbs down, sideways? I agree. I, I think overall there's a lot of great promise that's going to come from that production. Um, I also think that the the conversation at least allows companies who are looking to sort of break in, uh, whether it be with battery technology or EVs or some combination thereof, to really look at now that Tesla has a roadmap uh, for volume production three years from now, for them to start thinking, well, maybe we could design something like that. Um, 
so I think I think all in all, it's it's a very a lot of good promises, uh, very exciting opportunities down the line, and it'll be interesting to see when they finally hit volume production, what the vehicles across their fleet will be doing at that time uh, with those. Because we know we know we, the numbers now with Model S Plaid, we know that Roadster and you mentioned others earlier in the show that now those numbers might be uh, scaled up uh, with some degree. But then, what if those batteries find their way into Model Y in Germany? What will those numbers look like for Model Y? So there's a lot of great promise to come from this. Uh, so people who who are disappointed today, uh, I think, really should look at the other side of this and think about uh, it's it's not just this instant right now. They're going to come out with this next week kind of thing. Uh, but it it is always looking uh, down the road. Tesla, Tesla, by the way, can we can we just admit they're playing chess when we're all playing checkers? <laughs> can we just admit that that's what's happening? You know, if there if you only go. the automotive industry moved as fast as the cell phone industry. No. Yeah. You know what's interesting though? You, you make you bring up a good point. I I would say that by and large, cell phones haven't changed much since the iPhone came out. Well, form factor. It, it, I mean, they've made improvements in terms of the technology a bit, but like the the phone itself has been the same kind of thing for a long time, right? There hasn't it hasn't been any. I mean, the rectangle. I mean, when was when was so ready since the iPad? What's the next major advancement from Apple? Watch, watch. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but if you think about it, they didn't invent something new. They're going to be doing. There, there, there already have been activity watches. That's it. So, like Apple just said, we're going to make a better version of that. But like, it's 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 hard. It's hard to make something that no one's made before. That that's brand spanking new. Right now, we're just reinventing what's already there. Well, I think you know if you we're going to be the cell phone <laughs> podcast here, but uh, the advancement in cell phones is is all about computational photography now. That's mm-hmm. all it's about, really. Yeah. Oh, and 120 hertz screens. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, let's not one. talk about cell phones. That's not what we're here. Raj, <laughs> closing thoughts, please. I, I was thoroughly blown so, away by Battery oh, Day. Yeah. I, 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 no issues whatsoever. Like all of you people um, who are disappointed by it, I'm going to borrow a phrase from the Brits that I absolutely love. Have a word with yourselves. I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't get the disappointment <laughs> at all. Okay. Having said that, my one little tiny, little, little bit, I would like oh, to see. here we go. Mile battery. I mean, I would like to have seen confirmation about the million mile durability thing. That's it. Small, small. No big disappointment. We know come it's in time. Once it. they're ready to, to deliver, then they'll they'll drop the hammer. But they can't yeah. do it now because it's going to kill their sales. Raj, That's closing it. thoughts. So I think uh, I think it was really exciting. I think the biggest thing to understand is for everyone else that's kind of watching and listening and feeling like they were let down by it is that think bigger, right? Think the bigger picture of where Tesla is going. Right now, the lineup is perfect. You've got a vehicle for almost everyone. The cheapest vehicle they were able to get to is 35K without having to do major changes. Now they're focusing on the next roadmap and how to expand this. So I would almost say that their lineup today fulfills everybody's needs. Obviously, we've got a truck coming that's a little crazier than a normal truck. And then there's that $25,000 car, right? Outside of those two, you've got a pretty damn good lineup at, that most car manufacturers are doing, you know, like every year. So for Tesla to make that, you, you've, you've got something that, so I guess what I'm saying is like, don't go in always expecting something that doesn't really need to exist yet, right? You know, the reason why the Roadster, I guarantee you the Roadster is all set to go. The reason why the Roadster is being delayed is obviously now they're going to put in the new batteries, but also it's not as important as getting the vehicles to the masses, right? The 25K car, yep. the 
Model 3, the Model Y. So there are vehicles for us. Don't ex don't want something that you don't really need, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But focus on the bigger picture on what now making these changes on a bigger, grander scale helps affect the path the future of Tesla and what they're able to do in two years, in three years, the million mile battery, the Roadster, the 25K car, the, all of that, it, this is just, it's like volleyball, right? Your bump set and then they come in, spike. Yeah, the Roadster 2 to me is like the master plan in reverse where you start with these few production type like prove it models and then you just kind of scale upwards and now we've hit the scale. Now we're going to sort of start regressing back to the mean. So it's kind of interesting they're doing it from that perspective. Well, it'll be an impressive car when it comes, but I'm more excited about the Cybertruck to be honest with you. So, well, <coughs> excuse big. me. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that brings us to the end of the show. So, uh, Raj, since you're the guest, why don't you go first and tell everybody where they can find you if they want to have a chat with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on uh, YouTube, Tesla Raj, or on Twitter, Tesla underscore Raj, and also on Instagram, Tesla underscore Raj. Yep. Flossing away. Yeah, flossing away, baby. <laughs> Eric and Ian, <laughs> where, where can we find you guys? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, twitter.com forward slash EC fix that's ECFIX. Um, I just also want to say that uh, as it's now fall officially in the northern hemisphere, oh, it doesn't feel like don't it. Remind me. Um, but just as a as a cautionary tale, um, I know that a lot of us are going to be worried about uh, this winter and this fall about how things are going to go. I hope you're well. I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, I wish you all the best. Uh, if you ever need someone to talk to about anything. All of us are willing to listen. We're all supportive of you and your loved ones. Uh, we don't always just talk Tesla on our Twitter feeds and our social media accounts. So if you ever feel like you just want to talk to someone about anything, hit us up. We're always happy to entertain any questions of any kind. So thank you. Ian? Nicely said, Eric. And I'm 100% behind that message. Thank you. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at uh, Ian Pavelko, uh, Tesla Owners Online, which I've been super, super derelict in my duties there. Anybody who's been posting questions and messages and I've been getting to you a week later, I so apologize. It's just my life has been so upside down during my workcation and then all the, the stuff that Trevor and I were just doing. So I promise to get back to normal and answer more more uh, forum questions. But How is uh, your, How's your dick coming? The dick, the dick is doing nicely, actually. <laughs> it has a full surface now. It's nice and large and long and wide. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're getting there. It actually has some stairs now, too, so you can climb up into the dick. Raj doesn't yes. know the joke. Oh, <laughs> Raj, I'll let you in on the joke later on. I guess that, yeah. leaves, uh, I guess that leaves me. If you want to follow, uh, I'm very active on Twitter. You can look it up, uh, Tesla Owners Online. Check out our forum at teslaownersonline.com. I want to say thank you to everybody who's a good sponsor of the show, including our Patreon sponsors. Uh, I want to say a big thanks to everybody in the uh, Tesla Owners Online community. You guys rock. Keep the site going. Um, yeah, so that's about it, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody, for joining, and Raj, keep flossing, buddy. See ya. See ya. Bonsoir, tout le monde. Both of them. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs>